Blog Talk Radio. And we are so glad to have you on the show today. It's going to be a really exciting show. So without further ado, we're going to get right into the show with Mr. J. Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I am doing very well in this wet, wet, wet weather. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Logan, you know, we're going to have a fantastic show. I'm so excited. Our guest today is G. Willow Wilson. Again, it's G as in girl, dot Willow Wilson, who created Kamala Khan, Marvel Comics' first Muslim-American superhero, and of course, a woman superhero. You know, not to say that, you know, the guys aren't cool either, but this is so amazing. It's amazing for young girls. You know, it relates to what's going on with today, with the girls and the guys, you know. So it's kind of cool, and you know, it's what we can relate to as older and younger and when we were kids and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, before we get into having Kamala come on, Jay, let's get right into WhatsApp. Now, we, we want you to guide this discussion. I'm just going to put out the stats. 450 million users, none of them in the United States, and Facebook buys them for a couple of billion dollars, and now they're offering free phone calls. Like, really? I'm downloading that on my Android, okay? Yes, I'm Android. I have my iPad, my MacBook Pro, but I'm Android when it comes to phones. So, Jay, you take us down that road. Well, you know, I've you know, a big commotion over this app. Um, I don't know if you know, Bill, um, uh, Google um, was reportedly uh, alleged. Not, I can't say they did it. You know, I'm sure we can't say that they did it. You can just comment. But basically, they offered them um, $10, $10 billion dollars. And they won't just disclose that information. But that's in the news today. And so this thing is something special because everybody's been fighting over it. And, and you know, it, it, even I even heard that Google was trying to block uh, Facebook from acquiring this app. So this thing must be a great thing to have. And I encourage everybody to get it. You know, if you got a high phone bill, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lifesaver. Hello, is this G. Willow Wilson? This is C. Yes, congratulations. We're so happy to have you on our show today. 
We seem to be having Thank some you very technical. Much. Thank you. We seem to have some technical uh, difficulties here. So, if Ms. Wilson, if you would just hold on while we bring in our co-host here for just a moment. Sure. There he is. Mr. Logan, I'm glad to have you back. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So we're going to bring in Miss Wilson now, okay? Okay. Well, Willow, we are ready to have this interview with you. We apologize for our glitches here. And no problem. We're ready to get involved. Well, you know, we're happy to have you on the show today. And um, this is really going to be, we had a set of questions for you, but I think we're just going to go with the questions that we shared with you earlier. And, you Mm -hmm. know, Willow, we we ask that the questions that we ask you, if you don't give the audience too much information right away, because we want to make sure we get everything in, okay? So for those of our audience members who's not familiar with Ms. Wilson, She's an amazing novelist and an amazing writer, and I'm just not using those verbs to describe her. She truly is. Writing since the age of 17 years old, okay, um, starting out after Boston University and actually going out, and which what I thought this was really cool and fun. She was a music and DJ critic. Then she went on to write books. She went on to be, uh, interview one of the first sheiks in, in, in Cairo, Egypt. And then she went on to write other comic books with DC Comics and Marvel Comics. Then she's also written novels. And now she's written an amazing uh, superhero, which is a Pakistani young lady who's the first Muslim-American superhero for Marvel, super, Marvel uh, Comics. So, Jay, I'm really excited because this is just, like, really amazing. We have Women's Month coming up, and um, I'm just excited to have you on. So, you know, my first question, Willow, at 17 years old, you began writing, okay? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been so successful so far. You know, I mean, this is amazing. Most writers are wondering how they do it, how they get started, and so forth. I would like to know from you is what was the fir- the first thing you can remember that you wrote at 17 years old that you really re- you know gained so much feedback from? Uh, well, I was very lucky at at 17 to have an opportunity to um, freelance for the Weekly Dig magazine in Boston. Um, you know, I was uh, big into music at the time, and they needed somebody to kind of review a lot of the the um, tapes and CDs that they were getting in. Um, and so that was my job on, for a while. It was it was unpaid at the time, but it was published work, and that kind of laid the groundwork for me to move on um, and do other things when I, was, uh, when I was a little bit older. Wow. Well, I know, I know that Jay had a question for you as well. Are you there, Jay? Yeah. Hi, Will. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was just wondering, in creative, what made you want to be able to have this talent, this beautiful talent you have? What inspired you? What inspires me? Um, 
You know, a lot of different things. It's it's it, different things um, inspire me at different points in my life. Right now, you know, I'm a mom with two young kids, and that's really changed my perspective on the world. Um, you know, I think for a lot of writers, there's this kind of a compulsion to write, and the things that inspire you are things that you're dealing with in your life at that particular time. They're things from your immediate environment, um, and uh, and that kind of changes and grows as you change and grow. Wow. So I wanted to ask you, like, so when you were coming up to grade school, were you doing something different than the other kids were doing? Like, what I was doing differently. Well, you know what I tell, you know what I tell people who who want to be writers. The the thing that I did, the only reason it worked, is because I packed up straight out of college and went to a place where it was very cheap and affordable to be a starving artist, which in my case was Egypt. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's tough now. Everybody's kind of struggling in the new economy to kind of redefine being a working creative professional. And, um, you know, I, I can remember being in college and seeing that, you know, economically it wasn't going to stack up, but I had to sort of, you know, spread my wings and really find somewhere else, you know, find somewhere in the world where I could be a working artist and live on, uh, you know, seven to ten thousand bucks a year, which is what I was making for the first few years when I was starting out. So really, a lot of it was about location. <laughs> wow. So, so now, are you saying that after Boston University, you actually went straight out to Egypt? Yeah, I did. I was like three weeks shy of my twenty-first birthday. I had you know five hundred bucks to my name, you know, total, <laughs> and um, I'd had a, a, a job offer there. And it seemed like a, a great opportunity to kind of, um, you know, I was, you know what it was, I was more afraid of, of getting stuck at, at a job I didn't like than I was of moving to a totally new different place thousands of miles away. So I chose the different place thousands of miles away. <laughs> um, you know, and it, and it worked out. It was really, by, by moving abroad, I kind of discovered the landscape of my imagination. You know, I, I, I found things that I really hadn't seen before and that really shaped who I was as a writer. I have to ask this, you know, as a young woman going out, not even 21 years old, okay, especially, and, I, and see, I love stuff like this because I think that you, at that age, you should always go and explore life. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. here you are, you know, I'm, I'm around people from all over the world, so I know that the Muslim community is an amazing community. It's not what we hear about. But as a mm-hmm. woman, you know, who didn't go with any family, okay, and went straight out to Egypt. Was that a bit scary for you, going into an unknown country where you've heard that it's kind of like a male-dominated environment? I was too young to be afraid. (laughs) That's kind of the beauty of, of, you know, that that sort of fearlessness that comes with with being young. Um, You know, on some level, yeah, I I had a certain fear of the unknown for sure. Um, But it was... uh, you know, I, I had sort of a, a network in place. Um, you know, I was I was moving out there with a, a roommate. Um, I had friends who had worked in Cairo the previous year who had set us up with an apartment. So I was really trying, even back then, to pull on whatever resources I can to to make it, you know, a bit of a soft landing. Um, I, I think, you know, a, a lot of people at that age kind of, flounder a little bit as you know when they first kind of get out of the parental nest and out into the workforce and uh um you know there can there can be some bumps definitely in that road 
And, um, you know, just by nature of my personality, I'm kind of very type A. (laughs) So I take, you know, I like taking risks. I I like doing new things. And yet at the same time, um, I also like being prepared. And so I had kind of laid a a little bit of groundwork before. I'd flown out um, a couple of months previously to visit a friend who was working in Cairo. So I sort of got a, a sense of what the city was like. Um, so I was, you know, I was, I was definitely young and naive and ready for an adventure, but I, I did do a little bit of homework before so that I wouldn't be totally blindsided. I love that you said, Jay, I just had one more question because I know he's dying to get to you too. You know, what I love is something you said, Jay, if you meet her, you would never think she was type A personality at all. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I'm also type A as well. And, you know, one of the things I love is something that you said that was important you set a little bit of groundwork before you went out to Cairo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you had an apartment in place and you had those. And I think having those little things in place is helpful. One of the things I'd like to know is what was the first piece that you wrote out there while you were out there and how did you get a job offer out there to write so that our young people can hear that? Um, well, the, the first thing that I started writing within 24 hours of, of the first time I landed in Cairo was what would eventually be the script for um, my first graphic novel, also named Cairo. So I didn't know, you know who was going to publish it at that point. I didn't know if it was ever going to be published. Um, but it was the thing that I had to write. Um, you know, it was, it, was the, it was the story that I really, really needed to tell right at that particular moment. Uh, and then when I was out there, um, because I was in a place uh, that was politically very dynamic, that was very important on the world stage, there were a lot of opportunities to do freelance work for um, publications back here in the U.S. Um, that just took a little bit of initiative. You know, kind of, number one, you know, all, all writers are also good readers. So I was reading what was in the press and sort of seeing where there were gaps that I could potentially fill in with the connections that I was making. I also um, did a lot of work for an English-language magazine in Cairo called Cairo Magazine. Uh, and this is just stuff, I mean, you know, it, a lot of it is really about networking. Um, you know, the, the Cairo Magazine job I got because uh, a friend of mine had, you know, was knew one of the editors who was starting it out, and they knew that they needed... Um, uh, writers for this particular section, and so I got in touch. So, you, I mean, you kind of have to be a hustler a little bit when you want to do anything creative because you're creating your own job description as you go. So you kind of have to be aware of what's already on the market, um, what skills you have or what, what contacts you have that other people don't. Um, and so you kind of create a niche for yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, again, location is a huge factor because what you're surrounded with determines what you can write about intelligently. And I was lucky enough to be in this incredible place where there was, you know, global news kind of unfolding every day, and that was a big help. I love something you just said. I love it. I want to pin that. What you are surrounded by is what you can write about intelligently. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, Jay, and I think it's really, tr- it's really true, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Today I know you have a question. Yeah, I, I just, I, well, it was wonderful to have you on our show. I just wanted to let you know that. But I, oh, thank I you. have a daughter. <laughs> I have a daughter, and this is great that you're doing these type of characters. And I, I'm interested in getting to some of the, the characters a little more, Gail. Can we move on to the, 
But I'm excited about the Sister Hero. Can we, can I, I know. Get I know. Well, <laughs> well, well, my daughter, is this, is this, is this Sister Hero something that my daughter could, could you say? It's a little bit, uh, Jay, we can't hear you. It's a little muffled. Yeah, it's a little muffled. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm having trouble. Any better? Yeah, a little better. Before we get to the okay. superhero, Jay, I would love to get more into a little bit more of um, Willow's writing, you know, so that a lot of our audience can understand because so many writers are out there trying to understand what needs to be done to become a writer, why they aren't successful, and things of that nature. But I know that you're excited, so let's go right to Kamala <laughs> Khan. Okay, go right ahead. I'm excited by Kamala, and I would like to know some of her um, powers. <laughs> what does she do? And, you know, what makes her work and what makes her tick and where she's from? But I guess I should sure. questions, Gil, because I'm too excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kamala Khan, the new Ms. Marvel, is a 16-year-old Pakistani-American high school student from Jersey City. Um, she, after a mysterious mist blankets the Manhattan and, and Jersey City area, she wakes up one day with superpowers. She's a polymorph, so she can grow and shrink. She can take on the appearance of other people and objects. Um, and this la- allows her, for example, if she were to get into a big fight with a supervillain, she could kind of get to be the same size as the Hulk, and that would, that would give her the advantage in, in the fight. Or she could shrink down to, like, the size of a Barbie doll to, to hide or get away or get into places that she wouldn't normally be able to get into. Um, so it's a very visually interesting set of superpowers. Um, it's very different from kind of what we think of as the archetypal superpowers, flying in the air and that kind of thing. Uh, we wanted to make her very unique. We wanted to give her a visual style that was fun to look at on the page, and um, and I think it turned out really well. Wow, and and this um, this list that went over the city, how did that happen? It, was, we have some type of atomic war, or <laughs> no? She's she's part of a new uh, she's part of a new chapter in the Marvel universe um, called the Inhumans, uh, which involves, in short. Uh, the discovery that there are people, you know, there's there's uh, kind of another layer to the world that we didn't know, that, that we have kind of a, a legacy from an alien uh, dimension, which means that certain people um, end up with superpowers who may not have known that they, they have these, you know, these alien genetics or that they come from this, uh, this particular uh, bloodline. And so she's part of that, that new chapter in the Marvel Universe. Um, and so she is going to sort of discover various things about that as she moves along. And how old is she? She's 16, so she's young. She's a teenager. And Ms. Marvel is, is an all-ages book. You know, we wanted to make something that was accessible to readers of, of a wide uh, age range. So, uh, you know, the book is, is really appropriate, I think, for readers probably age 12 and up. Well, you know, wow. one of the things, you know, one of the things, Jay, that I'm interested in um, about Kamala Khan, and this is something I spoke with uh, Willow offline, is what I love, you know, one of the things that Listen, Give does, Willow, is we work with youth mm-hmm. in education. We work with youth in education. 
And it's so important to us, like people like you who are just making such, you know, when we hear that word, make a difference, people think it's so broad, but it's not. This is really making a difference where kids, you're actually allowing kids and adults to connect with each other. You know, from that little part where uh, Willow's mother is calling her for dinner, and mm-hmm. Willow's like, no, no, Mom, I'm on. I, got I think you mean from- Kamala. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Kamala is saying, oh, Mom, I have so many votes on thefreakingghouls.com, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I think, and her mother's like, I don't understand a word you're saying. You know, it's really like her mother's just saying, come to dinner. And mm-hmm. so how many, how many of the, us on any age level rem- remembers when we were 16 and our parents just didn't understand what we were saying? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, and I think, it is really our hope that we can, you know, kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah, you know, and so my question to you is, having a Muslim American girl, okay, and then for our audience who's not aware, you actually converted over to being a Muslim American. Sorry, is that... You actually... Um, I don't know if that's in the background. You actually converted over to being Muslim American yourself, right? What were some yeah, of I did. Things? It's part of the reason that I that I moved to Egypt. Yeah. So, what was some of the like? I guess I could say, what are some of the powers that Kamala has that are based off your own experiences? <laughs> um, well, I only wish that I had superpowers, but I think anybody from a minority background, whether it's religious or ethnic, or sexual identity, um, will uh, identify with the fact that you feel in a lot of instances like you have to put on multiple faces. Um, Like, because your experience doesn't fit with the mainstream, you have to kind of uh, put on one face when you're talking to the wider world, the world that doesn't understand you, and put on another face when you're with the people you trust the people who know sort of the inner you, uh, that you don't have the luxury to just kind of, uh, you know, be be out there all the time, that you're always translating some part of yourself in order to be better understood. And that kind of ties into the whole polymorph thing, you know, that Kamala can take on all these different shapes. I think we're, um, you know, in this, we're, we're kind of suspicious of people with fluid identities. Um, and, you know, we, we think of shapeshifters in, in the superhero world as classically being the villains. And what we wanted to do with Kamala is, um, you know, kind of unpack that stereotype a little bit and and show some of the ways that that reflects a new reality in, in which a lot of us have fluid identities. A lot of us don't fit neatly into one box or another. Um, and Kamala's powers definitely reflect that. Uh, Jay, do you have your next question? I have a question, so I don't know. If this, this might be a bad question, but Superman has kryptonite. Spider-Man has radiation. The Hulk has radiation. So what? what is Kamala's weakness? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, this whole line of, of new superheroes is, is so new that we're sort of still exploring those ideas. Um, you know, I, I think, so we haven't really settled yet on, on whether there will be kind of a, a, a kryptonite to her, but I will say that if you hang on until issue for a new sort of a new side of her powers is, is going to kind of be revealed that has to do with um, what she is at that particular time. So I can't I can't unfortunately talk about it in any kind of detail, but there is kind of a twist like what you're talking about um, that people will have to hang on till issue four till they find. 
Does she have a boyfriend at 16 years old, or is there somebody in her life where she's at school? No, no, she's not. That's sort of one of the things that she kind of wrestles with. In a lot of ways, this is a very classic sort of teen story in which navigating, you know, the the sort of the pressures of high school, trying to fit in, uh, you know, dealing with these, you know, friendships and fights and that kind of thing uh, are a big part of her life. And so we'll we'll see a lot of those kind of classic teenage um, you know, classic teenage issues that a lot of people face come up in her story. And did, you read, did, you, did, you, did you read a lot of Marvel comics as you were growing up? Did you kind of, were you a, you know, a collector or, you know, kind of? Yeah, kind of yeah. I was, I was really into the X-Men as a kid. Um, oh, you know, wow. I loved so, the, so was I. <laughs> yeah, 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 a lot of people. That was sort of their, their gateway comic. Well, you know, I have a question for you. You know, we've already talked about Kamala, right? Are you going to mm-hmm. also show how, like, her parents are like, oh, my God, what's happening to my child? I don't understand her. <laughs> are you going to show that as it goes along, <laughs> you know? Like, what is she talking about? Oh, she's got these polymorphic powers. What happened yeah. to my daughter? <laughs> yeah, it is a thing. You know, one of, one of the big things that she has to wrestle with is whether or not to reveal to her family that she has these powers. Um, you know, it's 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 a big burden to her to have to hide something from her family, and yet at the beginning we see her wrestling. Do I tell them? Do I not? Is it going to frighten them? Um, and so it's it's a big thing for her. So her parents know that there's something going on. They can see that there's a change kind of in her behavior and her personality, but they don't know what it is. And so we do see their kind of struggle to figure out what's going on with their daughter and, and um, you know, what should they do? How can they help? And so there is there is definitely that tension there. I think that's great because that will again connect with parents here. Like, you know, how do we understand our teenagers? And the next question I have, Jay, is, you know, one of the big things that I struggle with in, uh, in a time when we are focusing on girls, 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 you know, is, Willow, the fact that I think it's great that we're focusing on girls and girl power and feminine power, but I think it's also important that we work together as in partnership with the other half of our lives, the young boys mm-hmm. as well as the young men, so that we're in partnership with each other. Because I think the context of coming from, oh, you know, um, girls need more and more and more, it's like telling the boys that they can never do enough without saying it. So I, mm-hmm. what I love about your comic book character here is that it's like it's a connection on both sides, struggling as a girl with guys, but don't, I also want to ask you, how do you think what you write about, even like a leaf, the unseen, you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. do you think, how do you, it looks like you've, you've been able to successfully connect that, you know, that connection between boys and girls in partnership now, you know? Mm-hmm. How, how were you able to do that? Uh, you know, in everything I write, I think there's, there's the, the issue of gender is kind of subtly there, and to solve kind of the main problem, you have instances of male and female characters having to work together. Uh, that's certainly true with Ms. Marvel. Her kind of main sidekick, you know, good friend is a guy named Bruno, and his right. own particular set of skills will, will be become very necessary to her eventually. Um, you know, Kamala's, uh, you know, kind of a veteran geek girl. She writes fan fiction. You know, she she plays video games. And so she has a lot of interests that I think a lot of guys from that age range will really recognize. Um, you know, in Alice the Unseen, the novel, the main character, uh, Alice, is really literally rescued, 
you know, kind of from the jaws of death by his uh, female next door neighbor who he's grown up with on several occasions. So, you know, I, I do think you're right. Um, you know, we can't redefine the role of women without also defining what the role of men is in this new context. And I think, uh, you know, we do ourselves a disservice when we sort of redefine that women's role but we, and kind of leave men out in the cold. Like, you have to guess. You have to guess what your job is now. And we'll tell you when you're wrong, but we won't tell you when you're right. And, um, and you know, that's, I think that's, that's a conversation that has to be had, that, you know, if we are going to work in partnership, um, how do we re- redefine those roles in relationship to each other instead of just in isolation? But you actually captured that. That's what I loved about it. it. It's not only that. I love the way, you know, like you talked about A Leave the Unseen, okay? One of the really mm-hmm. cool things about, and, Jay, you have to read A Leave the Unseen. I've started reading it, and I'm, like, into it. So I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the thing I love about what she's talking about, Jay, and this is a question actually for both of you. You know, here it is. We have a young men, and you just said it, uh, Willow, about, you know, redefining both sides. But is it a redefinition of both sides, or is it just guys, you know, and girls acclimating to each other? Because there's still, you know, I don't want to be a construction worker. Some girls do. You know what I mean? So, right. like, reacclimating just the girls and guys connecting with each other and they can work together. Did you, you know, I see that you kind of have that already going on with Kamala and with Elise. So, you know, I, it's just like you seem to have captured the right balance. As a woman who's in, you know, who's of Islam, how are you able to do that? Uh, well, I think, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that, uh, you know, according to a Pew study that was put out in 2009, Muslims in America are actually the most, number one, the most ethnically diverse um, religious subset in America, and number two, the closest to gender parity in terms of pay. In other words, um, Muslim men and women in the United States are paid close, more close to equally um, than any other religious group, including Christians and Jews and Hindus and Mormons and what have you. Um, so... Clearly, I think there's there's big strides being made within the community that are are sadly because of the media climate going unrecognized, uh, kind of in the in the larger culture. Um, you know, there's there's uh, uh, a, a lot of um, encouragement I think now for for Muslim women, especially in in our local community here in the United States, to achieve professionally. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, and I think it's working. So I think the same kinds of conversations are going on within the Muslim community as are going on in the culture at large. You know, these are, these are issues that everybody is wrestling with uh, kind of in their own unique ways. So I think it's a very exciting time, um, certainly, to, to be, uh, you know, a professional woman, you know, in, in, these, in these communities because it's, uh, you know, very, very interesting things are, are kind of bearing fruit now, um, you know, as as a result of, of uh, um, a lot of hard work that's, that's gone into the community. Thank you so much. I don't want to take all of the time away from Jay, and I know you have to go shortly. Uh, Jay, what are your questions? I'd just like to know a little bit more about your experience over, over in another country. And are you, are you going to, Do you go back there and travel a lot? Are you going back there to stay, or are you just going to be permanently in America? And, and I just want to know get your thoughts on that. You know, I'd love to go back. Um, you know, my, my husband's whole family is there. We still have a lot of family and friends there. It's uh, part of my, my kids' heritage. Um, so, you know, it's it's not outside the realm of possibility. 
I'm kind of a naturally restless person, so if I'm in the same place for too long, I do begin to think about where else I could be. Um, I think once you discover that you can live somewhere else, you start to think that, uh, you know, it, you feel kind of unbounded, you know, like, like there's there's not the same amount of pressure keeping you where you are. Um, and that can be both a blessing and a curse. So we'll really see. You know, a lot changes when you become a parent and, um, you know, you start to think about not only oh. where might be a cool place to live, but where, you know, where do I want my kids to go to school and where are they going to be safe and where are they going to be happy. So we'll see. We'll see. How, um, if you don't mind me asking, do you have a, a girl? Is one of your children a girl? Two girls. Two girls. So do they understand who Kamala is? <laughs> no, they're still pretty young. They're ages one and three. So not quite old enough to read comic books yet, but but someday. Okay. Um, Jake, did you have another question for Willow? Yeah, I just had, I had to, yeah, I just really wanted to know this was very important to me. Now, you were, uh, would this Kamala character ever be part of the other characters, Iron Man and all these other things that's going along with any of these other characters ever enter her world? Or is she in a whole totally different space? Now, she will definitely be interacting with the rest of the characters of the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could tease some of the ways in which that's going to happen, but uh, I can't. <laughs> um, but no, she, she's, she's definitely in the larger Marvel Universe. Oh, what man. time period does it? What, what what time period does this take place in? Is it now? Is it? Yep, it's you know. current. Yep, it's it's okay. it's right now. <laughs> Gail, I'm excited. I want. I gotta I'm, see this. <laughs> I'm excited too. You know, I have a 14 year old niece, as I shared with you earlier, Willow. Okay, and mm-hmm. she's getting ready to go to China. And what do you say to her mother and her father who? have a concern that if she were to become a writer, she may not generate the kind of income um, that would be great. Now, this is a young girl who is in a research and development school. She's an A student. She's done model UN competitions. She's written amazingly. She works in a library. Um, She's on something called Odyssey of Mind. She's getting ready to go into the International Baccalaureate Program. This is her and her sisters. Um, So you can see that um, she's very well-rounded. She's in music camp. And she plays the clarinet. So this is a very well-rounded student, and she's getting ready to go to China. My question to you is, as a mother yourself, okay, who can relate as being a mother, okay, mm-hmm. what say to mothers who say, I'm, I'm kind of worried that if my daughter or son go into music or writing or whatever, they won't, they won't generate an income for themselves. They won't have enough for themselves. And then I see how well you've done. And she's a go-getter like you are. So what would you say to her and her mother? I'd say say don't be afraid to let your kid fail. Yeah, it might not work. You know, i got to say that the number of people who who can't make a living off of the creative arts is bigger than the number of people who do. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. Um, I think if you prevent them from trying, there's always going to be that what if. Um, It's okay to struggle. You know, like that's, that's why we have this you know, boundless sort of energy and feelings of invincibility when we're, when we're young. It's so that when we fall, we can pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and we have, you know, sort of the drive and the energy to keep going. So this, this is the time, you know, if, you're, if your kid is going to try to do something unusual, something great, uh, this is the time to do it. And if they, if they fall, they can pick themselves up and, and keep going. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's fine, you know, and, and everybody starts off at the bottom, you know, no matter who you are. When I started out writing, even living in Egypt, which is a much 
cheaper place to live at the time than the United States. When my for the first couple of years that I was doing this full time, when the soles of my shoes started coming off, I glued them back on and kept going because you know, I just couldn't afford to buy new ones. So you know you have to want it that bad. You know if you if you don't want it enough that like your shoes start falling apart and you're like oh gosh you know screw this I'm gonna go get my JD and become a lawyer and make lots of money, then fine. You know that's how you learn, and that's sort of what separates. Um, you know, a hobby from a calling is if you are the sort of person who, when you are starting out and you aren't making a lot of money and you are at the phase where you're gluing your shoes together, that you keep going. And the only way to find that out is to try. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to let your kid try something. And if they fail, they'll keep going. You know, that's that's what youth is for. And and I will tell you, I have a niece who's a perfectionist, so and she's not going to fail. And, you know, I want to correct something before I get killed by my family. It's not that they, she stops them from going for it, but she feels that they should have another career like a doctor or something. And my idea is, is simply like yours. Let them go for what they want in school now while they're young, okay, so mm-hmm. that they can, they can have 100% and say that I went for that for myself and it was my choice. Right, and exactly. It, exactly. And should it not happen, I can always go back for my master's or whatever and, you know, continue my education and go for something else. Because mm-hmm. a, literary de- a literary degree is unlike any. To be able to write well, you can really do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, I wish I you the best of luck. <laughs> thank you so much. And um, I know that we have two more questions for you each, and that's it. And I know my, one of my other questions for you is, you wrote something, um, you know, winning years with the new barrack regime, you wrote The Butterfly Moth, Okay. And it was named mm-hmm. a Seattle uh, Times uh, Best Book of 2010. And at the same time, you're writing comic books, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to know how you're able to switch. I mean, I love it. You're able to switch back and forth from a serious topic, right, all the way to mm-hmm. your creativity just, oh, flow 100%. I want to know how you do that because, I mean, it's like you said you have a type A personality, and yet you're able to do that. You know, it sounds like you have both a business mind and a creative mind. How do you do this? Well, I think in this day and age with the publishing industry being what it is, you have to stay nimble on your feet. You have to be flexible. You have to be able to work in different disciplines because chances are um, you're not going to be able to make uh, you know, a, a full-time career out of any one particular discipline. So, um, you know, I've, I'm lucky in that I'm able to work in, in different disciplines that I love. I think it keeps, you know, my brain kind of flexible. I think they definitely, the two skills play off of each other. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think they definitely complement each other in some interesting ways. Jay, what is your next question? Well, I just want to know if you were going to leave a le- if you if you were going to leave a legacy here for future generations with your creativity, what would it be? Oh gosh, um, wow! You know, I'd I'd like to if I were to do anything, I would hope that it was that I was able to get readers to to empathize with people that might not strike them as being similar to them. Uh, you know, to kind of get people out of their comfort zones and see that they have real emotional connections with people who might not look or or believe or think or do like they do, um, to break down some of those walls a little bit. And so, you know, if I can do that in any way, then, then I'll be happy. Um, and then the the question I have, too, is 
you're a comic book writer, okay? And in, in, in this area where we comes to Kamala, okay? How did, mm-hmm. and then there and then there's the illustrations, okay? Which you had your co-partner do. I wanted to know how did you, you know, so people who want to get in, because I know a lot of young people who want to get into writing comic books. How hard, you know, can you give us a little bit of what a young person can do to get into comic book writing? And how did you find your illustrator? And, you know, did you have to make some kind of deal with them? Well, if you make the characters, I'll do this or whatever. Like, how did you go about the whole thing? Well, if you want to write comic books, the first thing you have to do is read them. Um, You know, all good writers are good readers. So read what you like, figure out why you like it, learn to write a good script. And then the next most important thing is to go to some of the big conventions and meet some of the editors so that they they know your face and, and you've made that connection. Um, most big publishing houses will, will match you with a, an artist that they think is appropriate for that series. Um, so it was, uh, you know, Adrian Alfano, who does Ms. Marvel, was um, an artist with Marvel who they thought would be appropriate for that series. So a lot of that takes place at the publishing house. Okay, great. And then um, my last question is, uh, last two is, what um, what charity or, or what cause really gets to your heart and that you're most passionate about? Uh, you know what? As a mom, uh, the thing that really kills me is that there are kids out there without families, um, you know, all over the world. And so uh, I know that when I donate to, for example, the ICRC or uh, Islamic Relief, uh, the care uh, and protection of orphans is very high on my list. Okay. And, um, Jay, did you have a last question for uh, Willow? Uh, when is this coming uh, character available for me? So I, I'm, I'm excited to run out to the newsstand or download it. When is it available? <laughs> Good question. So you can you can buy it in one of two ways. You can either go to your local comic book store uh, if you don't know where it is, you can certainly turn to Google, and there's a bunch of great ones in um, in uh, New York and Brooklyn and uh, Jersey City and Newark. Or if you've got some kind of reading device, a tablet, an iPad, uh, what have you, you can download the Comixology app and uh, buy comics to your heart's content. That's sort of like the Amazon for comics. So you, you either can buy it digitally or you can buy it from your local comic book store. Wow. Can you say yeah. that app again, Comics? It's Comixology is the most popular one, C-O-M-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y. The app is free, and then you use it to buy uh, digital comics much the same way you would buy, um, you know, digital books from the Kindle store. Okay, great. And, um, Jay, did you have any more questions before we say goodbye to Willow? Yeah, I'm trying to get to the the app. I'm trying to get to the uh, comic app, so... uh... I don't have any more questions. I want to see what's going on with this uh, <laughs> Camilla. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> well, I, I know that I am, and now that I don't have to wait till I can find it, because I must tell you, you are so popular right now, Willow, that we can't find it. So that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> I have a question that someone, one of our uh, uh, people online just asked us to ask you, Willow. They wanted to know, okay, this is a young lady that also saw you at the Jersey City Bookstore. And her name mm-hmm. is Ellen. And she asked a question, and I was going to ask the same question, so it's so strange. How do you keep your skin so beautiful? Oh, my God. <laughs> so wow. sweet of you to say. <laughs> that was like the last question I was expecting. Uh, 
Gosh, you know, I have to tell you, when I was a teenager, I was one of those kids who, like, always had a pimple somewhere. And so, like, I just, honestly, I've had the same routine since I was 16 because I, I like, when I finally found something that made my skin calm down, I stuck with it. I exfoliate in the morning, and then I use, uh, and I use regular soap at night, and I use cream after that and before I go to bed. So <laughs> that's my advice. Exfoliate in the morning and then regular soap when you're, like, washing you have, your makeup now off. She, now she's asking what product to exfoliate with. Oh, God, it's <laughs> um, I use So I use a scrub that has a little bit of benzoyl peroxide in it, just a tiny bit. Um, you know, you can get – there's a bunch of different brands that have that. Uh, you, you can't use a ton of it or else you'll, you'll um, make your skin kind of red because it's, it's, it's a little bit strong. Um, and then for soap, I use something that's, like, really gentle and glycerin-based, um, you know, without okay. a fragrance in it. So it's just, you know, a cleansing agent. And for uh, uh, moisturizers, what do I use? I go back and forth. I like the Burt's Bees cotton one because it's totally fragrance-free, um, you know, paraben-free and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, she just wanted to know, and actually she says she's 18 years old, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, thank you so, so much. And um, where can our audience learn more about you? And, you know, when is your next book coming out? Um, you can find me on Twitter at GWillowWilson, all one word. You can, or you can look at my website, which is also a Tumblr site, GWillowWilson.com. Um, I am working on a new novel that should, I hope, be out sometime next year. And you can buy new issues of Ms. Marvel the first Wednesday of every month. Okay, so Kamala comes out this first. So now, Kamala, now that is a question before I get off I have for you. You know, there's Kamala Khan and then there's Miss Marvel. Okay, people are starting to be a little confused. Can you explain that before you go? Miss Marvel is her superhero name. So kind of like Superman is both Superman and Clark Kent, um, Kamala is both Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel. Got uh-huh. it. Okay. That sounds great. So how many how many have we missed? How many issues have we missed so far? Just the one. So the second one comes out in a couple of weeks. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for being on with thank us. Thank you. And it's been amazing. And would you come back later in the year with us and share with us more of what you're up to? Sure. Thank you so much Thanks. and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. She was amazing, Jay. To be able to have a writer who's been so successful and her varied background, that was just amazing. Right, and be so humble, you know, and just, you know, that's, it's great to meet people like that, you know, and, and that's, creative people are usually like that, especially when they're successful, and that, that was good to talk to somebody like that to share uh, some of her experiences and uh, travels. Well, you know, I wanted to talk about the bane and the boom and the boon for uh, for-profit colleges, okay? And I know that you're going to take us through that. Hello? Mr. Logan, are you there or did we lose you again? Hello, Mr. Logan? Mr. Logan, hello, we can hear you, but we can't hear your voice. Okay, audience members, 
We are going to try Mr. Logan back. Let's see what happens here. While we're doing that, um, one of the things that has been, you know, coming up are colleges, and we're trying to find out more um, about our colleges. So, you know, we want to know what any of you think about the colleges these days and the fact that a lot of colleges are going online. That's one of the things that's really important for us to find out about. What you think about colleges online, we're dialing our, our person right now. We've had so many glitches. We do a Okay, we are waiting for Mr. Logan to come back on, and we are going to pause for just a moment, something we've never had to do, but we seem to be having a few glitches here. Okay, folks. Well, you know what? I think what we're going to do today is end our show. Have a wonderful day, folks. Thank you.